Hello, and welcome to Be Intentional, the podcast that talks about marketing, mindset, and what it takes to be an impactful entrepreneur. Hey, Josh, thanks so much for having me today. Thank you so much, Christian. Really appreciate you being here. I'm really excited to learn so much from you because leadership, one of the things that I read like all the books on when I was growing up, it was like back in the day when it was like libraries and index cards, I would just like leadership, leadership, leadership. And then um, psychology that, I mean, if anyone knows me, they know like that the Myers-Briggs, I'm big on the Enneagram. I love that stuff. I love all the different, did the Kobe, did all of the the different personality tests. So so this is going to be a lot of fun. I really appreciate you sharing Absolutely. your expertise that's exactly with us today. how I started. It was a fun thing. And then I was like, wait, how does no one else know this? They all must find out. So it's really expanded over time. But yeah, I just started geeking out on it. Honestly, I was probably like 12 or 13 years old when I really started diving into personal development and leadership. And I didn't even know it was like a career option back then. Right? I wish they would have told us this thing. There's so many things where I'm like, this exactly. wasn't on the list at career day. Like, <laughs> I love it. So Let's dive right in. So with COVID, there was a lot of changes that were going on and a lot of businesses were trying to pivot and being reactionary. And with leadership, it's really hard to kind of keep that ship afloat while you don't know what's coming up. If it's Nyberg, if you got to pivot. And so now that things are the new normal, I guess you can say, or settling down a little bit, any tips for those people in leadership who have been running their business and trying to navigate all of this and not sure if to take a breath or what's coming, having all that high anxiety yeah, for so, so long. I mean, many of us that are in the entrepreneurial space, whether we've been doing it for five minutes or 50 years, like we kind of have this control thing about us. We like to know the plan, not just for today, but for the next 25 years. And I think COVID was that time for us to sit down and relax and go, I actually never had a plan all along. None of us actually can predict the true future, you know, in an exact way. And so I think it was a great time for people to realize that leadership is not about a title. It's not about a paycheck. It's really about effective decision making, effective communication, and really having to trust your vision and knowing that one day at a time, it's all going to build upon each other. So as much as it's a scary thing and this uncertainty kind of all slapped us all in the face, I think it was a, a great way to kind of ground ourselves and take that time that we needed. But as we navigate that new normal, I think taking that experience and realizing it doesn't matter how much you plan, it's about making the right decision with the knowledge that you have in the moment. And then honestly, we should be pivoting probably more often because there's always something that we can be learning, changing and doing to become the best version of ourselves. So I think being open to change is actually a great thing that many of us learned over the last couple of years. Oh, I agree. Being adaptable is one of those things they don't tell you, but it's a, it's a core strength when you're in leadership and in it. So it, I wish it was one of those things we talked about more because you're, you're exactly right. I 100% agree with that. And along with leadership and adapting, so many people rearranging work schedules. I've, I've seen a lot of people have a huge influx and then have to let people go and then bring people back. And one of the things that we that we started using it probably three, four years ago is we started um, having a lot of our team take uh, Myers-Briggs, had our team take the Kobe because leadership and different roles and who you gel with. And and so because you are an expert in the Enneagram, I am fascinated with this. I, I know I'm a, what is it? An, an eight with a wing five or something like that. So, uh, so I'm fascinated about this. So 
can you talk to us a little bit about the Enneagram, what it is, and then how how we can use it to help us yeah, with our so team exactly and our development? Right. There's so many personality tools out there. And although I am completely biased towards the Enneagram, I will say that like 99% of the ones I've heard of are all validated and good tools to use. So like you are technically allowed to use more than one. Myers-Briggs is actually not backed in psychology, but it's how most of us start. Um, and then in my professional career, I actually was a DISC facilitator first. And when I found oh, out just... about the Enneagram, probably like 2017, 2018, I was like, who just read everything about me and yet doesn't know me because this is a Google test. Um, and so it's one of those things that <laughs> yeah, I just became right. obsessive. Uh, again, I've always been into personal development and I was always that traditional millennial who read a magazine and took the quiz. So combining those two yeah. things, but again, adding my psychology background on top of it is really where I just connected all these dots. But with the Enneagram specifically, the first thing is really about knowing yourself. And so before you start worrying about what's so-and-so like on my team and how do I get these people to work well together, you need to know yourself. And what I love about the Enneagram is it doesn't just say what box you fit in, like Myers-Briggs and DISC or what your top five strengths are that could change tomorrow if you decide to grow in a certain area. Um, but the Enneagram says at your core, these are your desires. These are your fears. This is what motivates you. This is what triggers you. And when you can, a lot of times we just grow up thinking I'm the weird one in my family, in my group of friends. Maybe you were the outcast. I think a lot of entrepreneurs were actually all outcasts or, you know, quirky theater kids or whatever yeah. that might be. Instead of just calling yourself the weird one, you now have language to explain who you are and why you show up in the world the way that you do. And so I'm also a type eight. And I think it's really cool for me to say like, yes, I absolutely will challenge you, but I'm also going to push you to becoming the best version of yourself. So I'm doing it from a place of complete and genuine love. Now, there's healthy and unhealthy versions of everyone. So since we're both type eights, I'll stay with that example of both Hitler and Martin Luther King Jr. are Enneagram type eights. You can choose to do whatever oh, wow. you want to do with your personality <laughs> type. So there's no like, oh, well, I'm this type. And so I can never be something better. Hitler and MLK, come on now. Like those are two extremely different people, but they were very passionate <laughs> yeah. about what they believed in. And so they created a movement one really good and one really bad, you know, kind of a thing. So regardless of your personality type on any of these various assessments out there, at the end of the day, because you're a leader, you get to make the choice on how you move forward. So it starts with that self-awareness. But once you have that self-awareness, now you can communicate with your clients, your customers, your team members, strangers on the street, your family and friends, like this works personally too, and saying, hey, this is me. This is what I need. This is how you can support me. And now let's find a balance because I can listen to you and hear what you need, how you're going to learn best, how you take feedback, how I can motivate you, right? Not everyone is actually motivated by money. We all need money to eat, sleep, breathe, travel. But what am I using that money for? Speak to my goals, speak to my vision. And so recognizing and taking people for where they are today, but also motivating them into the greater life that they can create along the way. And so again, I'm biased towards the Enneagram, but you really can't do this with a lot of other assessments, but it starts with that self-awareness and then communicating with others on how can we really support each other that we both get a win out of the situation you're in. I love that. That is so great. And I, for a little while, we had a, a class that we called uh, self-aware marketing, because we really do believe that it starts with yourself. So I love that part of it where the self-aware, these assessments that to start with you so that you can actually 
give and you can actually start helping other people before. I know in, in leadership and in business, a lot of times it, you want to put out all the fires and you, you're the last thing that you think about or worry about. By the end of the day, you're just trying to figure out how everyone else can work together and what projects are going. So I, I love that to be able to take the time out of your day, of your time, no matter how hectic. And so with that, knowing how you personality, knowing the strengths, the weaknesses, you know, the, the Hitler to Martin Luther King, that kind of thing, which I loved, by the way, that's awesome and a little scary at the same time. <laughs> so doing that, if you're just starting out using, you, let's say, work with you, take the assessment, learn a little bit about you. How do you use that to help you in your journey clarity, getting confidence to do it, because it, it is a roller coaster ride of entrepreneurship. And when you're just starting out, you don't know what you yeah, don't know. And right? it's so true. And so I think clarity is one of those things that we focus on new entrepreneurs gaining clarity so that they can start. But the truth is you need clarity at every single level of the game. But I think especially when you're new, the best way to have clarity is to try everything, right? Like it's not just picking you can't I hate this thing but like you can't niche down on day one you can't eventually figure out where your zone of genius is what you're extremely excited about yes that niche comes over time but on day one you don't know at all so stop pretending um and even if you think about a restaurant right like I like to cook food okay I also like to eat food but on a particular day, do I want Mexican, Italian, Chinese, pizza? Do I want to cook at home? Do I want to order out? Do I want someone to deliver it to me? Like, there's so many options on what you're going to put on your plate. Do I want it to be healthy or do I want complete junk food um, and surviving off chips? And it's that same thing in your business. You don't know until you explore it. Now, I'm not saying test something that you know is completely out of your wheelhouse, but within that realm of, okay, this is what I love. I actually started out as a life coach. And then I realized that when I was getting clients that I was like, I kind of like these freelancer, side hustle, entrepreneurial adventure. And I had a business coach be like, well, if you like entrepreneurs, you have to be a business coach. And I was like a really good student and said yes to the teacher kind of a thing. And then as a business coach, <laughs> I was like, no, no, this is not what I wanted at all. And realized as I looked through my own journals, reflected on my own experiences, leadership was that central place and it applies in your life and in your business. But again, finding that out, I would have never known if I, one, didn't start out as a life coach, never tested the waters as a business coach. I did know I wasn't supposed to go into a marketing, um, but, you know, figuring out along the way, <laughs> What can I talk about for 45 minutes nonstop all the time without taking a breath or drinking water? It comes back to that personal leadership, that decision making, that communication. And again, you never get anywhere without starting. But test the waters. I think that's really how you get that clarity over time is by taking some messy, messy action and then eliminating things as you're like, nope, not for me. But also recognizing the difference between not for you versus like it was hard, like everything's hard. Try it, you know, three times and then make a decision before you just say like, that was hard. It's not for me. I, I love that. You guys will know that we talk about a uh, big theme here is action breeds clarity. And so I, I think that's an, an amazing way to put that, to take messy, messy action so that you can niche down, so you, that you can get that clarity, so that you can understand. And uh, having that assessment of yourself, I believe is a good place to start because then you don't end up somewhere going, well, this is definitely not where where I need to be started out the same way. I, I realized 
I get bored if I don't do different types of stuff. I don't want to just be sitting down. I don't want to just be standing up and moving. I, I need a little bit of both. And like, so this market always changes. This is always different. And it's same principles, but different outputs and different methods to do it and mediums. And so I was like, okay, that's what made me fall in love with it. But uh, I wouldn't have known that without that self-reflection, that self-assessment. So I think that you're right on with that, with knowing that. And taking taking basically the tools, right? The tools that we have. I think a lot of people don't realize how many tools we have at our disposal because if you don't, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so getting from that taking messy messy action, because it's a timid ground, right? It's that adaptability going in there. I mean, business owner for five years and these last couple of years were like, all right, what are we doing? Hold on, I don't want to put that in too much, doing all that. So gaining the confidence to get that momentum going and when do you know or what tips would you give people to have that balance of I'm going to try new things, I'm, you know, we're going to do this adaptability thing, but also have the confidence to know who you are and what you do. And eight for both of us, we can we can definitely have that confidence into that overconfidence, but then we got to scale back and do that humility. And and so that balance sometimes is a hard place yeah, to humility navigate. Yeah, humility is definitely through, right? not <clears throat> my strength, um, but I'm working on it. But wow, <laughs> I think the most important thing is to recognize that confidence is a muscle. And so if you can't tell, I love analogies. So I started with restaurants. Now I'll go to sports. But if someone wants to make it go. to the NFL, the NBA, whatever big you know thing it is out there, even golf, you actually have to like start in order to even try and then try to become an amateur and then you can work your way up to professional. Most of the people that we see in a professional sports league today started that sport when they were five or six years old. They become a pro somewhere in their early 20s for most of these sports. 15 years. So why on earth as entrepreneurs do we think we're going to get it in 15 minutes? And again, I do this too, right? Actually, I saw a reel the other, earlier this morning and it was like when you release a new course and no one's bought in the last four minutes. And we all do that. We're like, okay, but realistically, it's been four minutes. Like you can barely make a hot pocket in that much time. But we're all like, I'm not a millionaire yet. I must be a failure. If athletes are taking 15 plus years to become great at what they do or have 20 year careers in their professional thing, plus the 15 years before that, before they retire, again, as entrepreneurs, we need to know that our confidence is a muscle we're building every single day, layer by layer. You need courage to start a business. You need courage to put your offer out on the marketplace. You need courage to kind of do those foundational things. And once you start with that and you have experience and exposure and the education you need for what you're doing, then you're going to grow that confidence muscle. But I think a lot of times we're like, well, I started a business. I must be confident. I'm good. And like, courage and confidence are separate. So it's a muscle, it takes some time, but it's always worth continuing that journey. And I think that clarity and that confidence, they go hand in hand because as you really, really know, and you have that clarity on what you're meant to do on this earth, you're going to be really confident to show up and tell people to pay you for it too. I 100% agree. I love that. And I'm like, now I'm just asking questions. How <laughs> from, from that point, when you're walking that out, right? When you're when you're learning that part, when you're taking those steps as a leader, 
how do you bring lead a team and bring that team with you while you're still developing that confidence and still developing that step by step? Because like you said, you, you had the courage to do it. But as you know, it's a whole different thing when you're taking a step out and be like, this may go and this may fail. I may be able to handle this, but now I'm responsible for, you know, 10 paychecks and the whole livelihood. And yeah, so you know, one, that you should thing. be building a team of people that are not like you. So as type eights, I always say every type eight should have a five on their team because we have a lot of ideas and sometimes we don't write any of them down and we just think that magically it's going to end up on paper. Fives are naturally investigative. They're going to document the process. They're going to put those SOPs in place for us. So you're going to find someone who's honestly opposite to you. If you look at relationships, we always say opposites attract. In business, build your team where your weaknesses are. That's where you want to capitalize on someone else's strength and building out your team. I think you also need to be a really, really effective communicator. And if you, there's one thing to thinking you're effective, and then there's becoming effective. So definitely working on our communication skills. Again, it's something that we're constantly doing and evolving. But if you are testing the waters, tell your team, hey, I have an idea. I want to test the waters. It may or may not work. And we may or may not have food to eat at the end of this month, depending on how it goes. Your team wants to eat. They're going to go get the job done just as much as you are as well. But not everyone's meant to be in this entrepreneurial space, whether they're the business owner or on a team. It's not for everyone. If some people want to just punch the clock and be guaranteed a paycheck, encourage them to go that route in their life as well. But recognizing that in this entrepreneurial space, it is always a risk every single day. If you were in the wedding industry, summer 2020 was not fun. And so figuring out and realizing that it's an ebb and flow for all of us and what we're doing. And if you're a professional speaker, learning to go virtual and growing your business in a virtual space, it's very different when you're sitting at a computer instead of pacing a stage. And um, so there's a lot of changes that are constantly happening. But as the leader, as a visionary, you need to communicate. You can't keep those ideas in your head. You can't lie to your team. Like if you got it, then tell them you got it. And when you have no idea, then like, I have no idea. I'm open to suggestions. Let's figure this out together. Again, we all have a common goal of eating at the end of the day, and I want you to have that paycheck. So let's be on this journey together. But your honesty is what's going to keep your team united in comparison to you trying to fake it till you make it and hope they are following you blindly and it's all going to be okay. So that honesty and that communication are definitely two things that are going to be key in leading a team, even if you don't know what's next. That's great. Yeah. Authenticity. Perfect. I love that. And so Kristen, so many, so many words of wisdom, so many great tips. If people want to find out more about you or work with you, how do they get in touch? Yeah. So my favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. So at Coach Ked, but honestly, like I'm the only black Kristen Edwards if you Google me. So you'll find me somewhere. <laughs> that works. <laughs> and guys, we'll have that link in the show notes to her Instagram to make sure that you can connect with her. And I know I always love it when you guys stop by and send me a message and say how much you enjoyed something or you took something away. And I encourage you to do that with our guests too, because I know they would love to hear it too. And love we we love it when people, yes. you know, actually resonate with what we say and we know we can it actually reach somebody, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm actually in my DMs. There's no VA or anything. It's me. So you really, if you want to talk to me, come hang out. I'm happy to say hi. Awesome. I love it. Well, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us another day. And until next time, Bye.
Thank you for spending a little time with me today on Be Intentional Podcast. I would love to connect with you and hear about how you're applying today's message in your marketing, in your personal life, in your business. You can DM me at Josh Oldmost SR. That's J-O-S-H-O-L-M-O-S-S-R or LinkedIn, Joshua Oldmost or website, josholdmostsr.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. And if you feel like you would benefit the listeners and that you want to be a guest on the podcast, please feel free to reach out. I would love to hear your story and what you're doing to be an intentional, impactful entrepreneur.